0: What's going on, guys? How are y'all doing
1: today? Belly Up Fantasy Live. What's up? What's up, What's up, Oh, man, everything's going really good. How are y'all doing today on this Wednesday? It's weird without a Thursday game, but we got a Tuesday game, so that was pretty good, right?
2: Yeah, you got to make it work there, that midweek low between Sunday and, you yeah, know, Sunday there. I guess a Tuesday game will have to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. How are y'all feeling after this uh week five? I mean, a lot of things happened. I mean, we have a lot of stuff, lost stuff to talk about, but how are y'all's teams doing? Banged up. <laughs> We're banged up. Me.
2: Taysom Hill beat me as a starting quarterback from you, Chris.
1: That's right. Um, We're gonna talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, Tom I are in a war room league, and it's like it's atrocious. I mean, my starting quarterbacks are Taysom Hill, Brett Rippian, and Joe Flacco. No, oh, it's bad, it's
3: bad That is bad Yeah, AJ Brown's back, baby That's big for me And getting Michael Thomas back this week is big for me too So I'm about to hit my home stretch
4: Man, how good, a D- how good did
3: it Do what? How good did AJ
1: Brown
3: look? Yeah oh, I can't wait, you ready for the intro?
1: Uh, I am, man How good did AJ Brown and John U look though? It was, it was yeah. good That whole team yeah, they're good. phenomenal yeah, hit me with the intro. Let's go. All right, we're back with the best and it's belly up fantasy live. Since we're on a week six, it's time to kick it into overdrive. It's the meat of the season with covids and buys. Let's all get together and together strategize. Is this guy even playing? Will we ever fire a Gase? <laughs> will the will that guy get get no volume and TDs? No trace. How can we know who to play, who to sit? There are four dudes here waiting and it's lightning we spit. <laughs> our our tanks are electric and Tom's outright glow. It's all about it's all part of the magic and why the show is sick and why our show has a sick flow. Let our words wash upon you like rain in the streams, and knowledge will fertilize you, your championship dreams. Let's acknowledge it's consensual and prepare for the highs. Are listening to football chat with these four wild, these four wild ass guys. <laughs> if you thought it was over, you are so incorrect. You should be freaking no better. Give my rhymes more respect. Now, <laughs> not done here either, but the credits are rolling. Let's get on with the show, hitting strikes like we're bowling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was supposed to say for wild and crazy guys.
1: I had to throw I like the other I, I like my version better, you know, the explicit version, if you will. Yeah,
3: but it's from uh, SNL. We're some we're wild and crazy guys. Oh,
1: that's fair. SNL. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. that's fair. Man, uh I want to talk about our newest sponsor real oh. quick before we jump into everything though. Uh Manscaped. What does a guy – it's it's October, first of all. I'm a dad, so I got a little bit of dad joke right now. So, guys, what does a guy call his best friends?
4: Hmm.
1: His testies. Besties, of course. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, all of you just
1: right around the corner. And you don't want to spook someone away with your scary bush, guys. Your friends at Manscaped want to help you make your boys downstairs clean and best friends of their own. Wink, wink. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-waist grooming and offers precise engineering tools for your family jewels. Rawr! You might be like Chewbacca or Bigfoot or a hairy bear, but what's under the costume is what really matters. So if y'all saw us on Twitter today, uh, Billy gave Manscaped a shout-out, and he had some new stuff. The uh, What was it, Billy? You had the T-shirt. Oh, you're rocking the T-shirt right now. Yeah.
4: So, I've got the T-shirt and the the nail trimming kit. So, yeah, the nail I got trimming the, kit. That's right. Yeah, all the boxes checked right now at my house. So, so that's what I was talking about too. I mentioned I uh, left two
1: gifts in there. One before and an after. Before it was like the grainy uh, picture of Sasquatch. You know what I'm talking about? The grainy Bigfoot picture. And afterwards, it was the sleek, shiny dolphin. So, before and after manscaped, changing lives all over the place. Um, Make sure, guys, if y'all are watching us live, our followers, our listeners, go subscribe to our podcast channel on Spotify, Belly Up Fantasy Live. Um, We would really appreciate that. At the end of the month, we'll be giving away a Manscaped box to a winner. So we will go on now, guys, to our week six matchups, first being the Chiefs versus the Bills uh, on that Monday night game uh chiefs four and one bills four and one the over under is crazy 55.5 points um the buffalo bills give up 28.4 points per game kc gives up 22 points per game so obviously this over under is going to be awesome you want all sorts of pieces in this game and if you've got one of these guys you're going to start them for sure uh mahomes qb6 allen qb2 you got ceh you had a down game but i'm i'm sure the bounce back is going to be there Um, His bad game is really not that bad of a game. He's still the RB 12. Uh, And then you got Devin Singletary on the other side who hasn't shown anything yet for where you drafted him, obviously, Um, especially if you went zero RB at running back 27. Um, Tyreek and Stefan have lived up to where you got them at wide receiver six and wide receiver five. And then Kelsey, obviously the wide receiver, or I'm sorry, I say wide receiver, tight end one. And Dawson Knox, who I'm still a big fan of Ryan. I mean – This guy's going to flash at some point. Um, Billy, what are your thoughts, man?
4: This could be a fun one. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are coming off that loss. They're going to want to avenge it. I mean, these are kind of the top teams in the AFC going at it in back-to-back weeks, so it should be pretty fun. Tyreek scored a touchdown in four out of five games, but he gets to have that 100-yard game. This might be the week against Buffalo. They've been a little bit susceptible when games kind of turn into shootouts. C.E.H. Uh, kind of coming in a little behind where people were drafting him. He's, you know, RB12-ish, just ahead of Johnson Taylor touchdown. He's kind of due for a big game. Uh, hasn't really had a real explosive game yet. So I, ho- I hope he gets in the end zone and gets that started here. Kelsey's tied in one again, and and with Buffalo being the fourth worst against tight ends, they've given up uh, 17 points and 21 points to John New and Darren Waller last two weeks. So I expect Kelsey to have a huge game. Uh, Buffalo side of the ball. Josh Allen's killing it, but uh, Kansas City's in the top quarter against uh, of, of teams against quarterbacks, so uh, it's a tough matchup for him and Diggs that the Chiefs are top two. They give up the uh, second-fewest points to wide receivers, but they do give up the tenth-most points to running backs, so if Buffalo can get, figure out their uh, running back situation, they could find some success.
3: I mean, I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I am going to avoid the Bills just a little bit. I'm kind of upset because Kai stole my joke. I didn't see it, that Pinto just got suspended by the NFL. So, dang it, Kai. Thanks for watching, man. Uh, but I am going to avoid the Bills a little bit. I think the Chiefs are pissed next week. I think KC wrecks Uh Allen should still get his. Obviously, you're starting him no matter what. I do think uh, Dawson Knox is going to have his breakout this week. I know I've said that before, but I think they're going to really shut down the receivers in the running game for – uh, Buffalo, and I think Kelsey and Hill are going to be the two primary uh, benefit the benefactors of that. Tom, what do you think?
2: I mean, you guys have really nailed this one already. It's you know, like you said, um, yeah, Buffalo really struggles against uh, tight ends, so I'm expecting Kelsey to blow up. Uh, not expecting it to be even close there. Um, I mean, really quick, I just need to harp on Josh Allen. We've done it one week, we've done it another week, we've done it another week. I mean, the man is just even with a an off week uh you know this week he's still at 69.3% completion percentage for the year. I mean, I think that that's blowing anything anyone expected out of the water. You think the last two years was 53 and 58% respectively. So uh you know just waiting to see exactly what this year ends for him. Uh, but we do have the next game here. This one hits home uh, close to you, Houston or uh, excuse me to you, Chris Pinto down in Houston, there uh, Houston and Tennessee Houston, one and four struggling a little bit there uh, going into it. But um, you know, Bill O'Brien gone. We'll see what happens. Tennessee though, four and came off a big win last night. Derek Henry, absolute monster. Chris, you, you know, I hate him right now. he, He helped Chris beat me in a war room league. So uh, over under 51 and a half. I'm taking the over on this one. Even with the running game down in Tennessee, this is going to be a points fest because Houston's going to throw the ball, uh, which I'm waiting to see, you know, which receiver is going to break out. I think Will Fuller could have a big game here. Um, And then A.J. Brown on the other side. He's the wide receiver 86 with only two games under his belt. So he's going to keep producing as long as he's on the field. Chris?
1: Yeah, Tom, I mean, obviously I'm smashing you over on this game just because, you know, hashtag free, the Bulls on the parade, hashtag battle red, everything. Bill O'Brien's gone. Good days are ahead of us. Uh, we unleashed Deshaun Watson. We unleash Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, that Houston is probably going to have to throw it uh, a lot. And obviously Will Fuller is going to have – Will Fuller 5 my guy. I mean, he's starting You're playing him. But I think Brandon Cooks, I mean – He blew up last week. I mean, the wide receiver two last week, 30 points uh, in PPR formatting. He has 6.6 targets per game and one red zone target per game. I think Deshaun and him have finally started clicking, and Deshaun's cutting a little bit loose, you know. Um, Tennessee is no slouch, though, when it comes to their DBs. They rank 3.0 on a unit grade overall, uh, which is good out of 4.0 scale. Um, so we'll have to see what Brandon Cooks can do, but I really believe that Brandon Cooks is going to be the man uh, that's going to win you your week this week. Uh, we'll talk about that because I started him in the belly up bowl, obviously, with my Houston Voltron stack. But Johnny Smith, Ryan, your guy, man. Um, he's won me week after week. The tight end four on the week or on the year, 70 points scored. The tight end two on the week at 21 points. And Houston is giving up points left and right um Billy I know you're going to talk about one of our guys though I don't want to step on your toes on that but let's talk about it man because
4: I love him, David Johnson I mean coming off of his his season high in carries 96 yards almost hitting that 100 yard mark I like to see that uh yeah, has got still got a step left um Let's see. He's a must start. I mean, Tennessee's a, a lot of top twelve running backs. Three out of five games, they've been really susceptible to, to production from running backs. And you know, David Johnson's doing it all. I, I'm glad to see Cooks rolling, but can it continue? I really hope it does. Uh, I, I really like to see it. And and he's the kind of the aspect of the offense that's been missing the big play threat. I mean, Will Fuller does that job, but they've kind of been using him in a different uh, different work workspaces here. Uh, so so Cooks has really kind of needs to pull that together. Uh, John, who I'm I'm loving Johnny Smith. I mean, I've got him in a couple spots. Uh, picked him up on the waiver wire undrafted. I mean, just top, top-notch top tight end production week in, week out. And like I keep saying, Tannehill in Tennessee, he just fits, man. Suddenly this Tennessee Titans, this ugly, grinded-out win team is, is a fantasy heaven right now. I mean, if you've got a piece of the Titans, you're wanting to play them. But uh, I'll pass it off to Ryan. I know he loves the Titans, so he'll have a lot more for you than me.
3: Yeah, I think this game's going to be closer than people expect, but I think Tennessee's the class of that division. I'm going to go over on this as well. Uh, AJB's back. Does Corey Davis make it back from his COVID time? Uh, We have yet to really see other than week one, which was kind of iffy, and I didn't think that was the real AJB. We haven't seen every weapon on this team at the same time. So that does concern me slightly for Johnny if Corey Davis continues to be the featured guy that he was, because AJB's going to be the featured guy. So that's going to take targets from somebody. I think it might be Johnny, even though I still think he has a really high seeing on a weekly basis. Uh, I was seeing some crazy stats about Tannehill, how his last 14 games versus Patrick Mahomes last 14, how he's basically outperformed him in almost every category. Uh, The guy's a must start, especially against Houston this week. And then Cooks, my only concern is that rather than it being Cooks every week, next week it's going to be Fuller, week after it's going to be Stills, then it's going to be Cobb. I think that Watson is about to just free flow and go kind of crazy, so I really want Watson. But I think DJ is going to continue to be a beneficiary of stuff like that. Uh, Do you have anything else to say about this one? we're moving on next to Baltimore versus Philly. Uh, The over-under is 48. That concerns me. Um, I would have a really tough time going over-under on that just because I'm trying to figure out what we're going to see from Philly this week. They impressed me a little bit more last week than I expected. Baltimore defense is weaker than people think they are. Uh, Greg Ward has turned into a serviceable receiver that I'm really trying to get exposure to. Same with Fogum. I mean, we've been talking about Fogum amongst ourselves. Like, there's been some traits for this guy uh, Tom, I'll let you talk about that if you want to. But I'm concerned also, Lamar against this Philly defense. This Philly defense is no joke. Uh, I think Marquise Brown continues to scoring ways, and I think you can't stop Andrews once you get into the red zone. Mm-hmm. But this could be very close to 48, and I think this game's going to be closer than people expect. What do you think, Tom?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. Philly has trouble stopping the pass. I'll be the first to admit it. They really do. Um, and really a big issue with that is Nate Garrett, linebacker, the worst in coverage pretty much across the board. But when you turn that around, they do pretty well against the run. So to be honest, I'm really looking at fading anybody in the backfield for Baltimore. And that does include Lamar because I could see them having a decent day as far as keeping him within the pocket and making him use his arm. Uh, Maybe he'll have a big day throwing, but I personally don't see it. Um, I mean, hey, as far as um, Travis Fulgham, though, I traded for him in a dynasty league. I sent Ryan Tannehill and over 200. uh, It was 250 uh, blind bid dollars for Travis Fulgham. I mean, it's here's the thing you look at this guy in a receiver core that is decimated from injuries and a quarterback that plays best with no name receivers. Two games in, uh, he's the uh, wide receiver 53. I mean, two touchdowns in two weeks, 12 receptions, and over 200 yards. I'm all in on the guy.
1: Yeah. um, I'm going to just interject real quick and I'm going to throw this up there. Uh, If y'all have not been reading our editor, Kai's taco articles, man, they're straight fire. And so funny. If you've ever watched the lead, uh, they're spot on. Uh, Kai, actually, I didn't even know he was going to use me in this article this week, but he mentioned me a couple times in there over the advice that I've been giving him over the week. So, We'll have to talk about that, Kai. You know, I'm gonna have to, you know, hold you accountable for some of these things you're quoting me on, which is fine because I. It sounds like I'm giving you good advice. So, I'm gonna talk you into J.K. Dobbins one more time this week, right? Um, Philly against the run has not been that stout. I mean, they're offering almost four yards per carry. Look, if J.K. gets more snaps than he has been, which is 21 per game. And still putting him at the running back 39 in PPR formats. Um, Philly is giving up the 20th worst against the run, giving up almost 20 points per game to running backs. So if you got JK in the flex in a super flex league, give him on, man. Let's go with JK. This is finally going to be his breakout week. I'm going to call it again, right? I've never given up on this kid. So JK Dobbins, Kai is my guy. Um, And on the other side of the ball, uh, Tom, I know. Man, this kind of hurts, right, because I I drafted this guy early in some league, but Zach Ertz, you know, he's the tight end 16, and last week he was the tight end 31, only scoring 1.6 points. Um, Baltimore's DBs are pretty good. They rank at the top of the league at 3.9 out of a four, but the linebackers aren't so good, so maybe Zach Ertz finally turns it around. Um, I'm hoping that Zach Ertz can because I own him. Uh, in a couple weeks. But, yeah, J.K. Dobbins all the way, all the time.
4: Billy, you're up, man. Yeah, I'm kind of with Ryan. Like, the Eagles are just outperforming expectations, kind of what you think they are. They're actually, you know, a little bit tougher. They, you know, snuck up on the Niners. They played well last week. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm wondering if this might be a trap game for Baltimore, who's been kind of sloppy, you know, to our uh, what what we typically think they are. Lamar uh, lamar jackson's about 30 points behind his pace last year through five games and most of that's his rushing production's not been there so throwing the ball just making him throw i'm not sure he's quite the same threat however i do like the matchup against the eagles they don't necessarily give up a lot of points to quarterbacks however they're fifth and sixth against wide receivers and tight ends so i really like mark andrews and and uh definitely starting hollywood brown as he's heating up 18 targets over the last two games so excited for that uh, the Eagles got a lot of young receivers, and a lot of these guys are playing well. Greg Ward's turning well. We mentioned Fulgham. Our Sega Whiteside has even kind of developed into a much better uh, receiver than we than we thought he was last year. I mean, he he does look a lot better. Tom, he looks a lot better than he did last year. He was a bum last season. Uh,
2: but Wait, what do you have? Uh, three receptions last year. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, <hey. laughs> he looks a little bit better. I mean, he, as a, as a wide receiver, three is not going to kill you. I guess uh, in their situation. I guess what I'm trying to say. Uh, Ertz, I don't like the matchup with him he's, he's kind of getting phased out it just doesn't seem like the fits there I'm not really sure what's going on there and, and Miles Sanders I'm going to temper my expectations in this matchup just Baltimore's front seven they are ridiculous against running backs
1: when does it become Jalen Hurts season it doesn't it doesn't I ask it every week, but I'm going to ask you it every week. Taysom
2: Hill guy, that's, that's what they want to use him as, There's a change of pace. They throw him at quarterback, they throw him at receiver, they throw him at running back, move Wentz out to tight end. And I'll tell you what, if Wentz ever moves to tight end, I am all in on it. Did you guys see him blocking two weeks ago? Dear Lord. That's a big man out there blocking on the
1: outside. For someone who's made of glass and lives in the blue tent, yeah, that was a pretty impressive block. Yeah. I give him that. <laughs> Yeah, um, get away with this. I mean, this game that you would think in 2020 would be so fun to watch. Uh, and then you look at the records now in 2020, and you're like, wow, okay.
4: Yeah, you know, Atlanta, Minnesota, just like you said, two teams that we, we think would be a little bit tougher. But uh, Atlanta, kind of the, the Texan syndrome from last week, just fired their head coach. I, I kind of like that. Uh, the offense is – been really reeling lately i mean matt ryan has three straight weeks under 20 points julio's health is in question uh kind of a pregame decision last week whatever that is not a uh you know they kind of the way they worded that was awfully odd kind of knew he wasn't uh looking good to play uh but ridley's tied for fifth in targets and receptions and uh, seventh in the league in in uh, touchdowns i mean he's playing well he did give you the one goose egg a couple weeks ago uh and just a really kind of a fluky game in my opinion against green bay but uh You know, 20 plus points in three out of his five games. Gurley had his first 100 yard game since Week 12 of 2018 against the Carolina Panthers, who I love to pick on in my uh, Stardom Cinema article from the running back position because they just love to give up multiple touchdown games. This is actually a good matchup for Cousins. Uh, You know, Atlanta allows the league worst 30.5 points per game to quarterbacks, uh, which is just an asinine amount of points. So, and Cousins has been known to exploit a good matchup. So. Uh, if you're looking for somebody, maybe a DFS guy, Cousins, I think, has a really nice nice matchup, good opportunity. No Dalvin makes uh, Madison an RB1 against Atlanta, who's given up 20-plus point performances to running back back-to-back weeks. And Thielen really overperforming this year, uh, doing great. Um, wide receiver two overall in PPR, 25-plus uh, points in three out of his five game. And his only bad game really was against the Colts, who were pretty stingy. So, Uh, With Justin Jefferson, you're kind of riding the rookie roller coaster with him now, but uh, I'm firing him up against the league's second-worst pass defense in Atlanta. So uh, I I think there's going to be points. I'll take the over in the 54-and-a-half, and and Atlanta uh, wills out a late win.
3: Yeah, I'll say it's going to be over fifty-four and a half, but I'm talking about Madison not just for this week but for the remainder of the season because even if Dalvin Cook is 100% healthy, how many injuries does that guy have to have before you stop feeding him that kind of bell cow – you want them healthy for the, well, I mean, they're one and four, so. But if you want them healthy to actually make a push for the playoffs, you can't run them like you got him. You just signed him. You got to keep them healthy. I see Madison's touches going up. Uh, this week, I'm all systems go on Minnesota. Let's play them all against this crap defense that's got, like, DB5s in there right now. It's, it's really terrible. Um, but on the other side, I'm really looking more at Gurley. I mean, I know they may not be running because they may get behind pretty early, but – Gurley has looked pretty good, and I don't know how long it's going to last, so keep firing him up. If he continues to go strong, I'd be looking to move him later on because I don't see him holding up for the season. But right now, man, all all systems go. Tom, what do you think?
2: Smash the over. Smash the over, smash the over, smash the over. There's no defense in this game. It's going to look like an NBA All-Star game. It's going to be 250 to 230 at the end of this. Um, I mean, oddly enough, I would never thought this season with how it had started off that I'd be saying start Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but, I mean, he's the QB 23 right now, but against this Atlanta defense, the only concern I have is if they're somehow able to wrangle him in by not having Dalvin Cook back there to take some pressure off with a run game. But even without Cook, I really don't have a lot of faith in that. Um, what I will say is I am looking for Justin Jefferson to have a really big game, though. I think this is going to be – I mean, obviously he's had some some solid games so far, but even a, a breakout from, from what he's shown uh, thus far. And Calvin Ridley, I mean, that's a man that you can't
1: not play the man.
2: Yeah. Chris?
1: Yeah. I mean, Calvin Ridley's like straight up on fire right now. I mean, he was – you know he's right there in line where we were talking about Darius Slate and everyone like that preseason. And you know if you listen to us preseason, you got him and you scooped him up in that round, uh, probably like what tenth or eleventh round. Uh, man, Alexander Madison. You all know that I'm a big Hamilton fan. Love Disney Plus. Love every every Wednesday, man. Before I'm getting ready for this, I got it on in the background. And ever since everything that's happened with Dalvin, who has yet to play a full. Sixteen games, Madison. Every time I see his name, there's there's a song or a quote in the movie that says, "Madison, you're mad as a hatter." So take your medicine. It's, it's ridiculous. You gotta watch it. It's good. You know, I don't do it justice, but you know, it's good. Just trust me, right? Okay, so we'll talk about Todd Gurley too, right? SEC guy, right? My guy. He's going up against some linebackers who are really good in Atlanta. Three point three on the unit grade, but. Last week, he was the running back, too. He's a running back, 11, overall, in PPR formatting, almost 80 points. So, my guy, Todd Gurley, too. Uh, go SEC, back at home. The narrative is running strong. I think they finally get their first win, and I'm fully pull upset, Uh
0: In Minnesota, for sure. Uh, On the other side, like I mentioned, Justin Jefferson,
1: man, the the rookie wide receiver class this season has been just immaculate. Uh, Every one of these guys, you're just like, gosh, we we talked about them, and you're like, this is why we talked about them at some point. Um, Minnesota's – I'm sorry, Atlanta's DBs are just atrocious, right? Everyone's scoring all over them. We saw what CeeDee Lamb did a week ago to these guys. So Justin Jefferson firing up in DFS leagues. the wide receiver, 26 overall right now, so he's getting red zone target list. He's getting five targets per game, and you just fire him up, right? Um, I want to give a big shout-out, though, to our guy, Tyler Riggs. Um, if you all know who, yeah, Gurley is looking healthy. Old man balling 26 right here in the uh, live chat, guys. This is Tyler Riggs. He is our belly-up fantasy driver for iRacing, and he has brought us Josh Robbins, who is our – Belly Up Fantasy Live podcast driver, who is actually the winner of a series last year and y'all's on favorite this year to win it again. So we appreciate you guys for watching and tuning in. Hopefully we can help you out win your leagues. But dude, if y'all are into some i racing, these guys are thriving out there. I'm talking like Tyler had a crazy race on uh, what was it, Tuesday? No, on Monday. Tuesday, Monday, Monday. And he was, I tuned in late around like the 44 43rd lap and lap 53 though sorry i'm going off but it was so crazy i gotta talk about this right lap 53 it's like they knew i was watching and they brought me into his cockpit and monday there we go brought me into the cockpit and showed tyler actually riding and driving right obviously it's virtual but you see how what the the look is for him and you see his little speedometer and it's like 198. 190 and I'm like, oh shit, this dude's about to hit He Hits 200. I'm like, oh my god. And he just whips around the corner. He's in second place for most of the time, uh, leading up to like this crazy Jedi thing that he did. There's a it was like like lap 77, and this crazy wreck happens, and Tyler is literally right there, and he just like Anakin Skywalker, boom to Eve, moves out the way, gets over, and just keeps on rolling has this crazy outer lane move. Uh, it was just so awesome. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat watching this thing. I was like, I watched it during halftime. That's right, because it was Monday night. And I was like, oh, man, it's over, and it's already in the fourth quarter of the game. And I was like, I am not. I didn't even watch the third quarter. What's going on? So shout-out to Tyler. Shout-out to Josh. Uh, we love you guys for racing for us, and we will always sponsor you guys, so y'all are thriving. And I will move on now to... The Browns versus the Steelers, right? The 4-1 Browns and the 4-0 Steelers. The over-under in this game, guys, is 51 points. You want all sorts of pieces on this in this game for sure because, I mean, the defenses are just, besides, Pitt, I'm sorry, Cleveland's defense is just not that good. But overall, they're both giving up over 300 yards per game, close to 400 for Cleveland as well. Baker really hasn't.
0: Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
1: Shined where you really want him. He's the quarterback 24, and Ben's the quarterback 21. Uh, the bright spots in this game, though, are the running back situation, right? And Kareem Hunt and James Conner, where everyone thought James Conner would get hurt, and you're looking at the backups, right? But he's the running back 22 right now, and he's rocking and rolling. Kareem Hunt, the running back 8 with the Situation that's going on where Nick Nick Chubb isn't there, Cream Hunt has really excelled, and the dude is just super efficient. Um, Billy, I know you got a lot to talk about too, so I'll move on to you, man.
4: Yeah, this is gonna be a fun game. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, both uh, top of their division. This kind of has some uh, playoff implications, and you know, down the road um, might decide uh, or help decide who, who plays at home in, in January. So. Uh, it's kind of odd talking about Cleveland in that uh, scenario with the Steelers but Steelers look good uh defense is playing well but they give up a lot of points to, to wide receivers so uh as do as do the Browns they're actually both in the in the top five as far as points allowed against the wide receiver position so there's gonna be a ton of fantasy points scored uh in this one I'm really liking Chase Claypool the the way they like to use him in this offense uh, especially with Deontay Johnson being banged up uh seems like he might take a hold of that job before Deontay really has anything to say about it uh and then Odell Beckham he's leading the Browns in targets I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing from him and I think this is a good matchup uh for him this week too I think they'll have to lean on him if they plan to win
3: yeah for me I'm curious about Deontay Johnson is he going to be healthy moving forward this is going to be high scoring I'm, I'm punching the over on this one uh Pittsburgh's defense since we all thought was all legendary has actually given up a lot of points as well Uh, I expect Jarvis Landry because I do think they'll sell out to stop uh, Odell. Uh, On the other side, I think Juju has a big game because they may be really focused on Claypool. Uh, I expect Claypool to be that big, weak, kind of think of Marvin Jones, crazy good best ball guy. I struggle to see him being consistently that dominant in this offense that already has Juju and if Deontay's healthy, and then with the run game with Connor. So I love Claypool. I have some exposure to him, but uh, expectations are probably pretty high right now, and I think I would – check those just slightly because again, if Deontay Johnson's in, he's had some big games in his own right. Uh, and Juju is Juju, but this offense is pretty good. I expect them to win, but this is going to be pretty high scoring. Tom, what are you thinking?
2: You know, I hate Claypool. That, that sucked this past week. Um, no, I mean, the guy's a stud though. Four touchdowns is no joke, especially he's a rookie. Uh, and you know, Cleveland has the third worst defense against receivers They're going to light them up, whether it's Juju, Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I I think all of them are probably going to get their touches this week, to be honest, because they're probably going to put up 400 passing yards against this defense. Uh, It's probably not going to be pretty. Um, As far as Cleveland goes, though, I almost wanted to say, you know, Kareem Hunt without Chubb just in the passing game, because uh, the Steelers do struggle a little bit against the pass but really it's against receivers. They're defense, I believe, 29 against uh, running backs. This year it's going to be 28 against running backs. So they're really not letting it up to the running backs. Um, but I don't know if I have confidence in this Cleveland team to really air it out and have Baker throw it unless Jarvis and Landry starts going back there and playing quarterback. Now we have a different conversation. Odell Beckham will have four touchdowns. and Chris?
1: You know, um, I've got really nothing else to add to that. I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to jump on the, the Cream Hunt train. I mean, yeah, I mean, the dude's just, he's super efficient, like I mentioned earlier, but 30 abated tackles. Just 30 abated tackles. That's ridiculous. That leaves the NFL. So, uh, Tom, why don't you take us to the Bengals and the Colts, though, because I've got a little bit to say about this game because of my guy, JTT, but you kick us off.
2: Yeah, Bengals going into Indy this week, uh, over under 47. To be honest, I think I'm going under on this one. Phillip Rivers didn't look great last week. They weren't moving the ball that efficiently uh, aside from the running game in Indy. Uh, and the Bengals have just, I mean, this Indy defense is stout. So, you know, having uh, you know, having Joe Burrow lead this team against one of the top defenses in the league, we don't have a, the utmost confidence. So, to be honest, I am fading pretty much everyone uh, from Cincy this week. That Indy defense is just too good. Uh, But like you said, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor touchdown. I'm not going to get too deep into it. But since he uh, against Ryan backs, the 12th most against – or excuse me, 12th most points for Ryan backs against them, I anticipate that to get worse. They're going to give up a lot more points to JTT this week. Chris?
1: Yeah, let me take over. I'm glad we're embracing the JTT thing, Billy. Uh, I know you have too, JTT, Jonathan Taylor-Thomas a.k.a. Jonathan Taylor touchdown, we're going with it, right, because he's scoring this week for sure against this poor Cincinnati defense. The linebackers are at the bottom of the league at a 1.4 unit grade. I mean, just like, well, who's going to who's gonna stop this kid? Um, he's running back 13 in PPR, finished running back 19, but still scored you a healthy 15.4 points. He's elusive. He's got a 14.6 juke rating. He's out there for 33% of the snaps with that decline – and for some reason, the Indianapolis Colts are using like sixteen running backs when they just need to be using this kid. And come on, Phillip Rivers, tell them that you just want to throw this guy the ball. Get JTT more involved. Uh, on the other side, though, excuse me, T Higgins is uh, a guy that I've been telling for a while. He's the running back, or I'm sorry, he's the wide receiver. Thirty nine on the year, he finished with eleven points, essentially ten point five last week. But he's getting so many targets per game, six targets per game. Uh, And red zone looks almost 1.25 per game in the red zone. Um, Look for Indy to maybe blanket some of these guys and T. Higgins to have a really good game this week. Um, So those are the two guys that I really, really
4: like. Obviously JTT and then T. Higgins on them boys. So,
1: Billy, what do you think, man?
4: Yeah, so for the Colts, there's not a whole lot going on outside of Jonathan Taylor touchdown right now. And, And like Tom said, 12th worse against running backs, so I think he has a really big week coming out of this week. He's been playing well, and he did have three targets last week, so that's kind of him starting to work in the passing game, maybe. Maybe a side of that would be great. Uh, Trey Burton taking over at the tight end position. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to get out of them. Bengals are actually relatively good uh, guarding the tight end position. Uh, on the Bengals' side of the ball, I'm probably sitting about everybody. Definitely Joe Burrow against this Colts defense. Mixon, you know, I, you're not trusting him in tough matchups as it is anyway right now, and Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green are going to demand attention. Even though A.J. Green's not producing, uh, nobody forgot who he is. And Tyler Boyd's definitely uh, a guy that has to be double-covered. So I I do think T. Higgins could have a decent day uh, just volume-wise for the Bengals. If you had to have him, I know bye weeks and, and, uh, and COVID and, and 2020 alone, you're probably not able to sit a guy that's getting as many targets as T. Higgins. But I really would shy away from Tyler Boyd. I think the Colts are going to kind of key on him as the catalyst of that offense. That they, that's the guy they have to stop. And with Darius Leonard back, I expect them to be hit on all
3: cylinders this week. Yeah, if I have Burrow, I'm trying to find another option for this week's. uh, Indy's defense is not to be messed with. Uh, I really actually am avoiding the Bengals. I understand the Higgins play. It makes sense. I even understand, like, if you've got Boyd, you're starting Boyd. The guy is a stud. On the other side, I don't like anything about the tight end situation. We all thought it was Jack Doyle, then we thought it was Miley Cox, then we think it's Burden. Oh, man, it's going to be a weekly draw for who's going to be the guy. I mean, they're all pretty reasonably good in their own way. Uh, Give me Thomas and then I'm going to avoid everything else. Get Wilkins out of there. Why is he even in the game? Uh, Moving on Detroit at Jacksonville. 54, five is the over under. Give me the over. Uh, Give me Kenny Galladay. This guy is the best receiver in the game. And I am really high on BJ Chark. but Galladay is going to be getting, I expect the TDs to start coming in droves. That's what he does. Uh, Jacksonville is not going to be able to stop him I love Minshew this week With a healthy Chark Anytime Chark's down I like to stay away from Minshew Because it just lowers every guy in that totem pole It brings them one step up And that's not where they belong They're all good being behind Chark uh, Jay Robinson is bulletproof in my opinion at this point I really need to see something out of a Detroit running back Is it going to be Adrian Peterson all year Is Swift going to be the guy What happened there on Johnson's just like an alien We haven't seen him in forever And then TJ Hawkinson, man, the guy's just brimming with talent. This is a great matchup for him as well. Sign me up for this game. It's going to be high scoring. Give me Chark, give me Robinson, give me Galladay. I love some Marvin Jones. And obviously Stafford is a great player in DFS this week. These two teams cannot stop really anybody when you talk about big picture. And it's going to be a barn burner. Tom, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely going to be a high scoring game. These defenses are not strong. Um, I mean – as far as Detroit goes across the board, I think you can start, you know, obviously Stafford, if you have either of the top receivers and really running back, that's where it gets questionable, uh, questionable to me, just because you're not really sure who's going to get the touches. It seems like AP's getting the majority of them, but will they you know, shift some of that off of him? remains to be seen. And it seems like a week to week decision. So um, Jacksonville though, like you said, James Robinson, I mean, Detroit is the worst defense against running backs. I'm expecting James Robinson to absolutely eat this week. Uh, and then Minshew, I mean, he's the quarterback 12. He's holding his own. A lot of people weren't on that Minshew train. He's still a QB1. Yeah, he's, he's slightly below. We were a QB9. That's what we talked about a few weeks ago. He's come down just a little bit, but he's a QB1, right? I mean, you can't really say much more than that for the guy. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm still pretty impressed he's – right around a 70% completion percentage. He's playing efficient ball, 10 touchdowns to four receptions. I'm happy with it.
1: Yeah, I just want to touch on the two things that we've already talked about. Though. The quarterback situation in this game, um, smashing the over 54.5 points. Yeah, I mean, this should be a really good game at, 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 the new, at the noon hour, right? Like this is the one you're going to want to tune into and should be all over Red Zone Network because or the Red Zone Channel, Because of Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark, James Robinson, I mean, Matt Ryan, Gardner Minshew. I'm on the Gardner Minshew train. He is my quarterback in my fraternity league, Tom, Uh, putting up points and, like, coming out of nowhere, scoring me 30 points all sorts of weeks uh, in the crazy formatting that we have. But, I mean, both these teams are giving up over 25 points per game. Jacksonville's giving up. Eleven passing touchdowns. Detroit has given up nine. Um, I think both of these are going to be well up into the teens after this game. Um, Gardner Minshew, man, just on board. Super fanboy of this kid right now. And then Maddie Stafford. Always, I like the frat boy sweep, right, Ryan. But both these secondaries are not very good. Um, and I'm really happy to see this game pull through. Uh, Billy, you don't have any show notes in here, so I'm really excited to see what you have to say about this game.
4: You know, I like Kenny Galladay with Matthew Stafford in this game. Kenny Galladay is getting back. We haven't really seen a big boom yet, but this kind of feels like the day that just has one of those ridiculous shootouts, and both of these teams are trying to do it. And to Ryan's point, no chart kind of makes me temper expectations with the Jaguars just a little bit. However, the emergence of LaVisca Chenault the last few weeks, uh, three straight games with six or more targets, he keeps playing better and better all the time. And I feel like he might be capable of filling in for Chark on a Sunday against one of the league's worst pass defenses in a way the men should be keep it going. I mean, this is going to be an absolute shootout. If you have any Lions or, or, or any any Jags, you're starting them this week, uh, plain and simple. But I, I'm really interested to see what Chinnal can do if Chark's out in that number one spot because they're gonna they're gonna send a lot of a lot of balls his way. They're gonna have to. Guys, anything to add to that one? anymore All right we got Chicago visiting the Panthers. Uh, 4-1 and Chicago Bears, uh, you know, playing out of their minds right now. They're they're beating everybody. I mean, a heck of a comeback win on Thursday night football against Tom Brady and the Bucs. The defense is starting to to heat up, looking really good. And and Foles has been serviceable. However, this week I'm not going to play him. Carolina's the third best in the NFL against the quarterbacks. And David Montgomery is kind of emerging right now. He played pretty well last week. I mean, he did punch it in the end zone. But career high in reception. So getting that passing game work that we kind of – heard about was the reason that the Bears really had to have him in the draft and let go of Jordan Howard uh, despite the production that he had. So uh, Carolina's allowed – they like to allow multi-touchdown games to running back. Uh, take a look, weeks one and two, and Todd Gurley last week and, and the whole last season uh, in 2019, they just gave up touchdowns at at, a, at an alarming pace. So I'm also avoiding Teddy Bridgewater against the Bears. They're, they're almost even with the Colts as far as production to quarterback. So a pretty poor matchup for Teddy B., coming off, you know, maybe his best matchup of the year last week. Mike Davis filling in for Christian McCaffrey. He's RB7 in PPR formats. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game roughly just in passing game works. So, I mean, this guy is just overperforming. If you picked him up, you're really happy, and you're leaving him in your lineup. They just use him too much. And DJ Moore, I'm sitting him again. I just really don't like the matchup against the Bears, I'm tempering it back for uh, Robbie Anderson, being that the Bears give up the second-fewest points to wide receivers. And uh, the passing game has been hot for
3: uh, Carolina, so they're kind of due for a comeback Earth Day. Yeah, for me too. I just don't want to see any Nick Foles. I saw two different guys last week. He's super streaky. So, I mean, if he comes in and torches Carolina, I'm not going to be shocked. But that streak can't continue for that long into the season. I don't trust him. Uh, I do think we end up seeing Mitchell Trubisky at some point this year. I really don't see another way around it. Uh, these are tough matchups for me on both sides as far as I'd rather not uh, target anybody except – I'll take an outside shot at Robbie Anderson just because he's got that big play capability. Uh, and I also like money, obviously, versus Carolina. But are they going to get ahead? Are they going to have to throw? I, I'm really freaked out about this game. I'm freaked out about the over-under too. I don't know how much they're going to score. So for me, I'm just going to avoid this a little bit with a little sprinkle in of Robbie Anderson. Obviously, you start Mike Davis and McCaffrey. But for me, I don't like – this could get ugly. Tom, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've said it multiple times, don't play yourself with Nick Foles. He can always beat Tom Brady. Tom Brady is his son. That is Tom Brady's daddy. Um, but beyond that, he's not a starting quarterback, you know. Um what I will say is Carolina also allows the third least points to quarterbacks. So, I mean, I don't anticipate him having a good game. What I will say is I Teddy Bridgewater by no means a starter in this, uh, game, you know, in your uh, fancy lineup could be playable as a super flex guy. In my mind though, he's been playing very, very efficient ball, high completion percentage, low turnovers. It only takes one or two plays for him to really put up, you know, that high teens, low twenties that in a super flex league, you're pretty happy to have, uh, you know, at that position. So, I would play him. And then David Montgomery, uh, big on him this week. Uh, Carolina's lying the third most points to running back, so not a great look for them. Um, and then let's see. I guess we're going to have to go ahead and skip Chris for the next game because I don't really have much more to say on this one.
4: Yeah,
2: there isn't,
3: much, there isn't that much to like here, honestly. There is.
2: I would say I'd probably go with the under. I will add that in there. Uh, and Marco, Teddy, Bre- uh, Teddy B has more than just his days. He's one of the more consistent quarterbacks you'll see in the league. I will say
3: that. Marco, I'm with you, though. I'm still not sold. I don't think he's very prolific, but he has been much better than I expected him to be, and I will acknowledge that. But he's still not a guy I have any exposure to just because I view him as a QB2 in almost every scenario, even though he's had those QB1 weeks. I just don't see, I mean, he's had. Every game, one big Robbie Anderson catch save his butt. And I'm curious if they take away that run, one big Robbie Anderson catch, can he have a productive day? He's been better than I expected to. I'm, honestly, I'm impressed. But the truth of the matter is I'm, I'm still not sold.
4: Teddy's kind of like uh, Kirk Cousins to me. You're going to play him in those matchups that it's almost a no-brainer just because the weapons he has around him. But if you're leaning on him week to week, when he runs into a rough matchup, his floor is really, really low. I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. He's really just racking up a lot of yards right now.
1: Yeah. yeah, I guess I'll just add in real quick before I talk about some music that I was just listening to earlier today. But we already mentioned Mike Davis. I mean, this dude, he's been phenomenal in the CMC role. So you're starting him, you're firing him no matter what. The Chicago lining—the linebacker rating is pretty good. They're almost a 3 or 2.8 at the unit grade. But – Chicago is getting up 20 points per game and 113 yards on the ground Two running backs. So Mike Davis, you're firing up no matter what, but if you're in a pinch, I don't know if you start him over some other guys. Um, Monty though, surprisingly I'm starting him. I'm firing up right. The running back 13 of last week and the running back 19 overall in PPR formats, but Carolina's linebackers since Keekly has left, they're 1.3 on the unit grades. So they're not very good. And they're also giving up 23 points per game. So, Eight on the ground versus six through the air. Monty's probably scoring this week, right, guys? But the music that I was talking about earlier, it's, it's a little bit catchy. It's kind of like Kenny Holiday music, right? A little jazzy. Um, jazz Sportsbook, though, right? Um, dang, let me get this right here. There's our promo code for it: promo BUS150 on Jazz Sportsbook, guys. Check out our newest, one of our newest sponsors, Jazz Sportsbook um, and Casino. They have a ton of great features and save day payouts, live streaming, live betting, and available 24-7. Use hashtag promo code right there, BUS150 for 150% play free up to 1K uh, when you sign up and go to jazzsports.ag today. We're going to close this out in our last quarter, right? We're almost there. We're almost going to be finished. Talking about the last games, Um We've got the Washington football team that's one and four versus the New York football giants that are 0 and five. I mean, geez, this division is bad, Tom, but it's okay, right? Because it's exciting. You know, I mean, it's exciting. I don't know yeah. if
2: that's what I would call it, but. It's,
1: yeah, you know, the over under is it's, it's exciting 43 points, right? Um, New York is giving up close to 27 points per game, and Washington is giving up close to 28 points per game. Um, 15 and 17 total touchdowns. They're both at that 360, 375 mark uh, for yards per game. So it should be pretty cool to see the mess that goes on during this game, right? We have Kyle Allen. You've got Alex Smith, the rebirth of Alex Smith uh, at quarterback. But then you have Danny Dimes, who's flashed. But he really hasn't put it together. I know Saquon was a big issue Uh, But him and Slayton, right, they've shown flashes together this year, I suppose. Gibson, I mean, this game has just, like, you want – this is like the one-hit wonder game of the week. You want to see highlights of this game all week long because you know they're going to happen. You have Gibson. You got Slayton. You have Ingram. You've got Thomas. I mean, you've seen the stats that these guys have, and they're just – they're crazy. So, we don't – you don't want to blink during this game for sure. Um Billy, go into more in depth on this game because you could talk about any one of these guys, right?
4: So this is a game where when I look at the stats, I kind of just – my gut tells me to go kind of against the grain here. I mean, uh, the football team is they're pretty good against offenses. I mean, they don't give up a lot of productions or receivers or tight ends. Uh, but I just feel like these are two young teams in a division where they're really familiar with each other. And this game is kind of primed to be an outlier, kind of like you said. That's kind of my, my gut feel with it too. So – uh McLaurin had kind of had a down week last week the Giants uh kind of you know bottom end of the top 10 range and fantasy points allowed to opposing receivers and running backs so I don't see McLaurin getting held down I think Gibson could have a big day I kind of like Kyle Allen I mean he's he's not a great quarterback but he's serviceable in a way that the team can still uh they can still run up the score on somebody if they get fire and hot you know so the Giants they're really struggling right now uh, but Danny Dimes didn't look terrible last week I mean really had a nice day with Slayton No touchdown passes. However, I think Evan Ingram really gets going this week. Uh, The Washington football team is pretty poor at guarding uh, opposing tight ends, and and Ingram has shown flashes, and he's finally healthy. Uh, I think he gets it going this week pretty strong, and a game that's surprisingly uh, high scoring.
3: Yeah, I'll go the over as well. Uh, I want to start a lot of Giants this week, except for running backs. I don't play that game with those blums, but – Jones, that was so disappointing last week. He had such a juicy matchup, and he perform for sure, but Slayton did not. And I think, again, like you said, Ingram and then Tate. I can see Tate getting some nice volume in this game. Uh, sign me up for Antonio Gibson. He's the guy there. But also in this game, sign me up for some McKissick as well because they're going to have to throw an outside McLaurin. I'm just not that excited about what I see, and McKissick's a pretty good receiving back. But I think this could be pretty high scoring. Maybe one of these defenses really stop anybody. So I'll have some exposure to this game. Tom, what are you thinking?
1: About the (laughs) scoring,
2: it's (laughs) it's going to be a low-scoring game regardless. That's it's not going to be pretty on either side. Um, But with that being said, I'm pretty much always fading anybody from Washington. It's just not. I I don't like what they're doing down there. Unless you have McLaurin, he's he's going to have to get touches. Um, That's about it. Um, Giants on the other hand, this week this could be a big week for Ingram. Um, You know, like we said. Washington, third worst against tight ends. Uh, and Daniel Jones, they're sixth uh, six worst against quarterbacks. So could be a big week for the two of them. Um, beyond that, this game really just doesn't excite me.
1: But, yeah. No,
0: you're good, Tom.
2: I was going to say, but the next game probably excites me even less. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 BETS OFF. Fire Adam Gase, please.
2: please. Yeah, my God. New sick. York Jets going into Miami over under 47 and a half. Uh, do we have to talk about this one?
1: I mean, Miami we
2: really don't too much. Miami. Miami. Uh, Gaskin.
1: Mal Gaskins. Sorry, Miles Gaskin, Fitz, Parker, Gasecki. I wouldn't even
2: really do Fitz.
1: I I would against this defense. Against this defense, I'm firing up Dolphins against this defense, and I'm Mm. aiming all Jets. I'll probably move on. Right.
2: Here's the here's the quick point of it. Fitz Magic is very close to turning into Fitz Tragic. The streak only lasts so long, and we're going well into the the Fitz Magic time this year.
3: Yeah, but does, does it happen for wrong. the Jets? Is it the Jets that end Fitz Magic's run? I mean, Preacher things have happened.
2: Like, yeah, true. Le'Veon Bell and getting rid of. Yeah,
1: what about this though? A little open format right here. Preston Williams has been the dude that we've been touting for a minute.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll lean Parker and Jacecki. Those guys really have been getting the targets I want to see. Uh, and Gaskin has a better back than none of us all coming, man. That guy's a, a legit back. Um, this is going to get ugly. I mean, we really can not kind of skip this. I don't touch the Jets. Not a single Jet. Not Gore, not Crowder. Flacco, are you joking me? Get the hell out of here. And Gase is still calling the plays. So do you all have anything else you want to say about this terrible, terrible, awful, no-good team that's going to probably go oh. In sixteen,
4: yeah, Adam Gates is fired
3: before we all start our work week. you better. They said they're going to give him the year. So weird. Yeah,
4: the family said. The family said they were going to have Gates for the entire year. So not after Fitzpatrick breaks the passing record against him this week and revenge. Oh game.
3: man, it's going to get ugly. All right, let's move on from this ugliness and go to Denver at New England. Forty-five point five. It looks like Cam's playing, according to you guys earlier today. Uh, sign me up for some Jay White, some Jay Edelman. Uh, I'm not going to mess with Denver because Melvin Gordon has a DUI, and we still don't know what's going on with that. Is Lindsey going to play? If he plays, I might get a little bit exposure to that, but New England's got a good defense. I don't know what's going on with uh, Denver, but I definitely miss Court and Sutton and don't feel confident relying on anybody in their offense week in and week out, especially now that Gordon's gone. Uh, if Cam's playing, sign me up a little bit for that because – He's had a break now, and my concerns about Cam have always been health-related, and this has been the best I felt about Cam all year because of that COVID break and him not getting pounded for a little bit. So I think this might be a mashup that Cam can really exploit. And, again, I like some James White to be a beneficiary of that, along with Julian Edelman. What are you thinking, Tom?
2: Well, what I will say is uh, even with Sutton gone, I do like Jerry Judy. I mean, that man mosses people, right? Maybe not a full wide receiver one right now, but a solid option. Uh, Drew Locke actually is practicing again, it sounds like. Is, have we heard that? Because it looks like he's coming back pretty soon. Not this week, but... Um, he's
3: practiced. Yeah.
2: yeah. Shouldn't be too much longer until he's back. And I will say, like I said, not this week, but once he is back... I am much higher on Judy as well as KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick. I think that that offense becomes more high powered when you're not relying on, uh, you know, Brett Ripien or Jeff Driscoll or Blake Bortles, not mm. good options. Uh, as far as New England, uh, fade their running backs. Defense in Denver is studded against the uh, the run, um, but. Uh, I Hey, if you want to play Cam, play Cam. He's gonna get hurt eventually. I know. I just don't
3: think it's this week because he's healthy. I,
2: I, I hate to say it, he's gonna get hurt. It's gonna happen. I know. I know.
1: Tom, I'm yeah. shaking my head no because man, I lost Dak in a couple leagues, and the guy that I we're, we're going to get to that one was Cam. So I can't even have both these guys just not finishing out the season for me. I knew one of them wasn't. It's It's definitely not going to be Dak in my mind. So hopefully Cam finishes out, right? I mean, he's a cornerback 23 right now. He's had 72 points so far. He hasn't played all the games yet. Um, I don't think Denver without Von Miller can stop this guy. I think Cam has a good day and maybe even a a Superman day. The guy that I want to talk about for Denver was Melvin Gordon. Um, But I can't, right? It's Philip. Philip Lindsay season now, right? Um, and I'm going to let everyone know because I told Marco I would. In uh, me and Marco's fraternity league, my first four picks were CMC, Kenyon Drake, Le'Veon Bell, and Melvin Gordon. So, anything can happen. I'm still pushing through. I won last week. I'm going to win this week uh, because I've got you guys helping me. So, we're going to push through. I'm going to win this league as be fail, right? So, Billy, you take over now, and then we'll move on to the Green
4: Bay Packers and
1: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you have anything
4: to add. Yeah, not a whole lot. Just uh, I'm, I'm sitting no a fan this week against the Patriots, and they don't give up a lot to the tight end. And him being the number one option, you know how Belichick does. Your number one option today is not an option. So, I look for Noah Fant to kind of be the focus. Philip Lindsay, uh, he's practicing. Is he back? Is he healthy? I'm not sure if he plays this week. You know, situationally, you may have to plug him into a flex spot, and I, I would do so with a with a decent amount of confidence, just because of the workload that he's going to get. Um, the, on the Patriots side, I like Cam and I like Edelman. Top ten Broncos are top ten in, in points allowed to quarterbacks and receivers. However, they are the league's best against running backs. So, uh, I guess I, I like a little bit of the Patriots passing game. And this one, but uh, not a whole lot else to add. If you guys have anything else, we'll move on. All right, we got a pretty exciting matchup here, two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live, with 4-0 Green Bay Packers visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over under a 54. I definitely like the over in this one in a game that I think will have a lot of late points and may kind of get out to a slow start while the teams feel each other out. This is a big game for the Bucks. I mean, 3-2, 3-3 three three is a rough situation to be in with the Saints getting ready to get Michael Thomas back. So I feel like they might have a little bit of a sense of urgency. Their defense is top five against quarterbacks and top ten versus running backs, with A-Rod coming in at QB9 and Aaron Jones at RB4 and PPR. Uh, You know, those are the guys that have to produce against a tough matchup this week. Injuries are already mounting up at uh, the wide receiver position for the Packers yet again. Uh, Adams is practicing. I'm not sure if he's back yet. I guess I haven't heard. Uh, It's a pretty good matchup for Brady. He's been up and down. Uh, but the uh, Green Bay has the second most points to running back. So firing up Rojo and Fernandez, if he's able to go, I'm plugging him in. And Mike Evans, even though he's hobbled and underperforming, he's still wide receiver 12. He did miss practice today, but it kind of sounds like it might have been a little bit of maintenance uh, just to give him a day off before game day. But Chris Godwin also limited back in practice. So I feel like if this unit could all get on the field together, uh, we could see a little bit of the Bucks kind of getting the glue going against the Packers. So kind of hence why I think it might be a late game
3: uh, shootout. Yeah, I'm going to go Green Bay all day. Uh, Adams will be back. He could have played last uh, game apparently, but they wanted to give him the bye to get all the way better. I love Rodgers. I, I, I'm not. This is going to be chip on your shoulder, Aaron Rodgers versus Brady, pissed that not everything's going right, Tom Brady. This is going to be really fun. Um, so yeah, give me Adams, give me Tanyan because I think he is the wide receiver too there. MVS kind of takes a hit more so. I'm curious to see what happens when Lazard comes back. But uh, Williams for Green Bay, he's like the wide receiver three almost there. He's been on the field a lot, even though Aaron Jones is getting his. Williams has been a weapon. So this this Green Bay offense is loaded, and I love everybody on it. When, on the flip side, I could almost say the same thing for Tampa. I'm going to go the over here. I don't. It's not that these defenses are bad. It's that these offenses are going to be lighting it up. Uh, Jones looks like a beast now. Give me Ronald Jones. I'm a little bit lower on Fournette because of it, but I know what he can do too. Evans and then having Godwin. Scotty Miller is a pretty good little inside, like a Welker-type Edelman receiver to compliment Godwin and Evans for Brady. And then again, I want to remind Cameron Braid is somebody that we have got to keep an eye on because even though Gronk kind of had a little bit of a party last week, Braid wasn't just sitting there watching. And, you know, you start giving one of those guys a touchdown or two, those can be huge days. So, uh, I mean, I'm not that high on them this week, and I think Green Bay wins, but this is going to be a high-scoring fantasy game. Tom, what do you think?
2: You know, I will say, I mean, take this with a grain of salt. I'm worried about Aaron Jones' production this week for what Aaron Jones is. I'm not saying you don't start him, but don't anticipate that number one running back type thing. I mean, you look at Tampa Bay, they're – uh, 29th most points allowed for running backs. It's, that's not a great thing to run into if you're Aaron Jones. The good thing is he can also catch the ball out of the backfield, and I think that he'll do a good uh, amount of that this week. But Ronald Jones against the second worst defense uh, against rainbacks. Sign me up. If Fournette goes, sign me up. Uh, Marco Isla asked, is it time for the Gronk show? The Gronk show will not happen. I've said it time and time again. I'm sorry. Bruce Arians has said it. He is not a pass catcher in that offense. That's not what they have him there for. They want him to block. Sorry. Chris, I know that makes you upset.
1: I mean, it hits me so deep, first of all, because I'm a, I'm such a Grant Truther. Like the dude was on the he's the white tiger in the mask singer. He's the he was the WWE. 24-7 champion that held it. You know, he not only had it, he defended it and held it. I mean, I'm just saying, like, why is Pinto. he here? Why?
3: Pinto. Who?
1: Gronk. Cares. <laughs> okay. That was really good. And, you know, uh, I'm I'm Jones and Gronk. So I'm eliminating Gronk. Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones. I'm not going to stop talking about free. The UTEP minor, Aaron Jones, the Texas guys, you got to give him the juice. He's been running back for. I traded him in a league to my cohort, Ryan, for New Hopkins and some other things. But that's besides the point. My team is undefeated in that league. I'm putting up 200 points in that league. It's silly. I'm not going to talk about more because I'm just touting myself. But I want to prop myself up a little bit and prop me, guys, right? They've been our oldest sponsor from the beginning. PropMe is a new, innovative gaming platform, and really first of its kind as well. It it brings betting from person to person easier than ever. It makes it easier than ever, right? Just download the app and join the fun at PropMeLLC.com today. You can literally bet on everything. Um, Like, how many times is Chris going to say SEC... How many times is Gronk or JK Dobbins gonna get mentioned? We'll talk about this all day, every day, and just bet on it from prop me LLC. We're gonna move into the later quarter of this, though, right? And we're gonna to go to the Rams that are four and one and the 49ers that are two and three. The over-under of this game, guys, is 51 points. So a pretty good barn burner, right? The 49ers DDs haven't been very good, and we've seen what jared goff cooper cup robert bobby trees woods can do and they're lighting it up right it's every week one of these guys is scoring a big touchdown i know this because i have both of them in my fraternity league and those are my wide receivers the wide receiver 15 the wide receiver 16 i didn't plan on it but the way it fell in the draft it just happened and i'm reaping dividends because my first four picks were those running backs of cmc Kenyon drake Uh, Melvin Gordon, and Le'Veon Bell. Wow, right? How am I still winning? I don't know, but I still am because of you guys. So I greatly appreciate talking to you guys every weekend, just kind of working through everything. So Cooper Cup, Robert Woods should have a great game this week. The defense is giving up points to these guys. Higby, I'm looking for him to score as well. Jared Goff should have a good game, and I really want Manny to trade him to me. On the 49ers side, though, guys, I'm really not excited about anybody except for Kittle and the Dream, right? Raheem, the Dream, Mostert surfing in on a surfboard on a into my dreams, right? Those are the only guys I really want to talk about. Billy, go to more in depth on this for me, man.
4: Well, I told Marco that I would leave uh, Mostert alone, so uh, I'll just say, you know, I don't hate the guy, but. I'm not playing him. I don't like uh, and really any of the matches for the Niners, like you said, against the Rams. They're really tough, kind of across the board. Kittle's a guy that you have to, to plug in just based on who he is, where you drafted him, that kind of thing. So hopefully there's enough production there to keep you afloat. On the Rams side of the ball, I really want them to get the running back situation uh, figured out, figure out who their bell cow is going to be. I like all three backs if they were given the bell cow work, and it just seems like they really want to, they want to give the work to Cam Akers when he's there, so I wish they just kind of – get on with it with him uh I, I do think golf has a pretty good game however i'm going to take the under in this game i think the rams kind of win uh in like a 24 7 24 10 kind of thing kind of just sit out in the lead and uh slow pimp it and uh and kill the clock on these guys so nothing too exciting going to happen in this one in my opinion i think the rams roll i think the rams are really good and i think the niners are going to start reeling health issues and they're just not playing that well so uh for this one for me i think the rams and the under uh in a, in a low scoring landslide
3: yeah, uh, although I do agree, Mostert is the guy I want to be getting a hold of in this backfield. I really, he showed me last week. He's the guy that's there. McKinnon was a non factor. Uh, Debo, let's see some more, but the quarterback situation is just trash at the moment. Uh, Kittle still seems to be producing somehow. He's just that good. Uh, Henderson made me now think that I don't want anything to do with the other backs. Uh, I am just unsure what's going on there. And I think this is an iffy matchup for most of the Rams, even though I didn't think the Rams roll here. Uh, that defense has still got some pretty good players on it. I think this will be low scoring game and I'm really not looking for exposure other than maybe Mostert because man, that guy is a beast. Tom, um, what are you, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. Either McKinnon or Mostert are going to get the touches. Uh, you know, the Rams do struggle against running backs, but uh, even against tight ends, they're fairly strong. So, Uh, I'll I'll be at Kittle always gets his points. I don't think it's going to be his best week of the season. Um, But on the other hand, with the Rams, start everyone you got. The the 49ers defense, even against the Eagles, didn't allow uh, a ton of points and yards against the Eagles, but it wasn't great. And that says something because that was when the Eagles were about at their worst. So when you're in, in rough matchups like that compared to the Rams, which they look pretty good this year, Uh, It doesn't look good for them this week. I'd hit the under just because I anticipate it being uh, a bit more lopsided. I'm thinking more along the lines of like 27 Rams to about 13 49ers. I don't think they're going to score a ton.
3: What do you think about Arizona and Dallas?
2: Well, that is our last game of the week here. Arizona going into Dallas uh, obviously, we all do want to throw out thoughts and prayers, teas and peace to Dak Prescott. I don't know about you guys? I, I hate Dak. I hate Dallas. That hurts to see. Um, so
1: you never want to see something like that happen, even to your worst enemy. Like obviously, exactly. like you being a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Like, yeah. But even you saying that, like, you understand, like,
2: yeah. yeah. No, and you know, you got to hurt for the guy. Obviously, on the franchise tag. You only have to hope that Jerry does the right thing going into next year, or that if Jerry hey,
1: does hey, they,
2: they a, a good home for him. What I will say though, uh, Andy Dalton, I don't hate him long-term. I don't know about in you know his first start with Dallas, but he's got weapons on weapons on weapons. I will say also Arizona has been fairly strong against the past uh, relative to the run. So this week, feed Zeke. He's going to get the ball a lot to help Dalton kind of acclimate to the team and get ready here. Um, On the other hand, though, second worst defense against wide receivers is Dallas. So this is going to be a big week for DeAndre Hopkins and everyone else on that Arizona offense. They're going to pass the ball a lot. uh, And I I see it getting, I mean, smash the over. It's an over-under of Uh, it could be a million, I'd still hit it, but it's 54 and a half. Smash the over,
1: heck yeah, man! I mean, the the 55 points. I'm it's this is this is the game that I'm super excited to watch. This should be the game of the week. Uh, Arizona, Dallas, I mean, Andy Dalton, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt, uh, McCarthy. You know, I'm looking in this game though, obviously, I'm always looking towards Zeke. He was my running back two on the year, preseason. I'm my running back one. But the linebackers for Arizona, they're they're young, right? Uh, The unit grade is 2.9, but they're giving up 20 points per game. Uh, Only three rushing touchdowns. but 4.5 yards per game uh, per carry, and they're the 10th worst against the running back. So Zeke is going to get fed during this game because Andy Dalton is the guy, uh, and I expect him to be the running back one on the week. On the other side, though, I'm looking at a guy, you know, I, I I can't not like this guy, Kenyon Drake. The opportunity is there. I'm a big volume guy right? Volume just, the numbers mean more. Um, He's out there for 48 snaps per game. Dallas's linebackers are top notch, right? You got Smith. You got Smith. You got everyone, right? They're 3.9 out of a a four on the unit grade, but I still like Kenyon Drake because he's getting the volume. He's going to fall in the end zone just like he did last week, Uh, and his evaded tackles are extremely good. So, Kenyon Drake, Zeke, fire them up for me uh, in this matchup. And yeah, I'm smashing the over all day. Uh, DFS this should be pretty fun. So watch us on Saturday night for DC's DFS challenge because this will be a headliner for our game. Uh, Billy,
4: yeah, I really like this game. This is going to be a blast. Both teams need this win. I mean, the Cowboys are division leader right now, under 500. And, and, you know, someone could get heating up pretty quick when you don't have any kind of lead. And, and as far as the Cardinals go, you know, they're in a race for third in their division already with the Seahawks being undefeated. The Rams four and one playing well, three and two and uh, you know four and two and, and three and three is a big difference uh, right now for them. So I look for there to be a lot of scoring in this one. However, I think the Kenny Drake experiment is going to be coming to an end pretty soon. This might be the week uh, Chase Edmonds really kind of takes over that job. He's out-producing Kenny Drake already, and he's the guy that they want to throw the ball to. And I think this is a big, big day, breakout day for uh, Christian Kirk. I mean, Cowboys terrible against the wide receiver. Nukes going to get all the attention. And I, and I just don't know who's going to stop Kirk. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Zeke's going to eat. and I, I don't think they miss a beat on offense with Andy Dalton. I feel like uh, he's able to do pretty much everything Dak was able to do uh, with that help around him anyway. So. If you got guys in this game, I'm firing up. Uh, Drake, I'm not that high, and I just don't see it with him. It just doesn't seem to be a very good fit right now.
3: Which is why you can't pay Dak, what he's asking. If you can get Andy Dalton in there for a much cheaper price and get virtually the same production, and you're 2-3, and three, like, okay, yeah, Dak is a beast fantasy-wise, but tell me again why they should pay him? That's a huge chunk of money, and the salary cap's likely going down next year. With this COVID and all this crazy crap, I am. I'd be thanking you, God, that we didn't sign into a long-term contract right now because the price that he was asking was kind of outrageous. Yeah, is he putting up prolific numbers? Yeah, he is putting up prolific numbers, but they're losing, so he has to throw.
1: No, no, I mean, like he was asking for Mahomes numbers almost.
3: Yeah, he was just asking for too much money. Dallas should not pay him. I I mean, I would not pay him what he's asking if he asked for something.
1: Ryan, this was floating around Fancy Twitter today. What if the Cowboys end up with the worst record in the league and they get Trevor Lawrence?
3: Yeah, you take – look, Dak is a beast. Nobody is going to deny that Dak is a beast. He's going to get paid. Whether or not it's by Dallas or not, somebody will go pay that man. Uh, Chicago is probably just sitting there just praying to God that there will something like that would happen, and that's not the only team that's sitting there. Washington – Oh, yeah. They would love to see that. But if I'm the Cowboys, yeah, that's true, man, with Kirk Cousins. How about Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger? How much longer is that going? How about Indy? Uh, How much longer is that going? The thing is, Dak's getting paid. Yeah, Dak's getting paid, so I don't feel bad for him. He's going to get paid. I just don't think Dallas should do it. How many better receivers do you need? I mean, look at the numbers he's putting up, but they're not winning. And, yeah, he doesn't play defense, but you can't ask for that kind of money. I mean – even the the Watson Watson was just a, a play or two away from being in the Super Bowl last year. The, that team, it, it well, seems like are you Watson does
1: ever again. Come on, Ryan, you know this.
3: Yeah. yeah, So it's it's to me, I'm like, how do you pay Dak when you were one and three when he went down? And yeah, he was tearing up the league, but it doesn't matter who has the most yards at the end of the year. It's the record, and they're not winning. And there's a certain cultural aspect to that he does really bad against good teams. That's a problem. He has a that losing is a record against not winning teams. That.
1: that is a problem.
3: Yeah, so I I just think like I love Dak. I really do love Dak, and I love him in fantasy. But if you're Dallas, do you really want to give that kind of money to a guy when the salary cap's about to go down, and he hasn't won anything for you? It's I, I like I want to see him get paid. I just think it's not going to be in Dallas, and I don't blame Dallas one bit. How are they going to afford Ceedee Lamb's going to have to get paid? It's, you got to look in the future at this stuff. You're going to have to pay all three of those receivers. There's no way. you to have to pay Zeke again. Are you going to keep Pollard? Are you going to keep those linemen? Are you going to try to improve the defense with some high picks in the D? How do you pay Dak Prescott? I just don't think you can.
4: Chris, I
2: don't know if you remember, but before the season started, we talked about if Dak was going to sign or not. He was you know, arguing with the team about what was he going to get paid. And my thought was when they brought in uh, Andy Dalton, let Dak walk. That's exactly
1: no. what you said.
2: Andy Dalton, maybe he's not going to light the world on fire like he's going to light his crotch on fire, but he can play quarterback at a high enough level, and especially you look at after the draft, you brought in additional weapons on offense. Yeah, he's probably going to be playing from behind a bit, but he can throw the ball. He's seen success with some of the coaches that he has down there in Dallas. So I don't think it's entirely unrealistic to say that, again, Like you said, Ryan, Dak will get paid, maybe not the half a million dollars, or excuse me, half a billion dollars, but he'll get paid just fine. He's going to get a deal somewhere, but it might not be Dallas, and that might not be the worst thing for him either.
1: Scott brings up a good point. Dalton has something to prove. Uh, I remember this from last season. I know we're going off on a tangent on Andy Dalton for no reason, but last season, Andy Dalton, man, they benched him. And they did not trade him, but they benched him on his birthday.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible.
2: It's like your girlfriend breaking up with you on your birthday.
1: Yeah, it's super rough, rough. right? They're like, hey, man, I know it's your birthday. We have no implications for the postseason, but we're just going to bench you. Like, how rough is that? So Andy Dalton, Scott Davis is right. he got something to prove. And he's back at home. Yeah, he's back at home. You're right, Billy. I mean – his house is literally like what twenty minutes away from the stadium. He went to TCU. He has a house there. He's he's living there. He wanted to go to Dallas, so you know.
2: I heard they also gave Ryan Finley his birthday cake.
1: I mean, yeah, he could oh, just terrible guy. Um, hey, you know, I do want to make.
3: You were talking about his uh, fire crotch manscape has something for gingers as well, Andy. I just want you to know. Just don't tell anybody so you don't get suspended by
2: the NFL. I ah, be careful, guys. Be careful. Good news is uh, yeah. NFL Network. We are belly up
3: sports, and we're way better. Yep. We yeah. don't suspend smack for manscaping. On,
1: right? yeah. like, it, especially between us four. I mean, there's a lot of smack talk in our chat between the four of us. I mean, what we need to do, though, is commemorate our league in the best possible way, guys. At Trophy Smack creates the best trophies and rings. Uh, and belts, right, with free engraving and shipping. Now with a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or a belt, if you just use the hashtag promo code belly up, guys. It's so easy to use. They're so good. All their trophies are awesome. Oh, uh, I know we've got a couple more things to talk about. We're making really good time, but we're gonna go on and uh, I just want to talk about our belly up fancy lab giveaway, guys. Everyone who's watching, everyone who knows us, subscribe to our channel and our podcast on Spotify. Uh, Leave us a comment, all sorts of good stuff for us. At the end of this month, going into November, after October, so after Halloween, because I've got a daughter. So October 31st, I'm watching Hocus Pocus. I'm watching Twitches. I'm doing Candy. I'm not looking at anything fantasy football related. But on the 1st of November, we will pick... A winner for our Manscaped box, guys. And then in November, we'll probably do the same thing. We'll have to see what happens, right? But let's do this, right, guys? I know y'all like us. We like you guys. So let's just keep moving forward with this. Um, Ryan, man, belly up bowl update. What yeah. do we have going on in the belly up bowl?
3: Well, uh, I mean, technically, there's nobody out yet, technically, uh, but that's going to start changing possible right now. That's going to start changing soon. If you have teams that are going to remain undefeated, technically you can still get an outside shot at a wild card, but divisions are going to start settling in here soon. Some of them are really close. We're going to start off with the Jamarcus Russell bowl, uh, the Jamarcus Russell division. We have cast three, one six in first it's new first. He's four and one with a five ninety one sixteen points. And then the weekly high score is Iams man. Who's, Team name is Connor Air, and he's a one twenty nine point nine high score. The high scores were a little lower this week, just because this was a weird week. I mean, how many started Claypool for real? I now we have Kajana, now we have Kajana Carter, and our reigning high scorer who remains our overall high scorer, Good Time Junkie, who is five and zero, uh, and he scored seven hundred and thirty point four four points, still Dude, the high score of all divisions. Yes, and it. then the weekly –
1: Yeah, he's been a the DFS Challenge, and he's an avid listener and watcher. He's also in a couple leagues that I'm in. Scott or uh, Tom, he's in the War Room League as well, and he's undefeated that league. Crazy. Ooh.
3: Scott said he won against somebody against Playpool. He must have had a great week, man. The weekly lead scorer for that division was D.C. Lemons, 2-2-2-2, two, 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 who scored a 138.6. We move on to Lawrence Phillips, Raider Nation. There's Scott, 79. He's 4-1 with a 687.32. Also, the weekly high scorer in that with a 144.4. So looking pretty good, brother. Yeah, you were the high scorer for this week. Uh, Money Manzel Pinto. Oh, Pinto, you were just outside getting the shout-out. But as I looked, one guy outscored you by 1.2 points or something. I was really excited for you. I wanted to holler at you. That's okay. But it's right, okay. right now, it's okay. uh, the guy is, is spelled – it stands for Raider Clan, but it's R-V-I-D-X-O-R-K-L-D. Oh, yeah. Good people. people. Yes. He's
1: 4-1 with a 6-6. Six, six, fantasy football, at least.
3: Yeah, he's kicking butt. He's right now. He's won in that division. Six sixty four eighteen, 6 18 And the weekly mm-hmm. high scorer who I told Pinto erroneously earlier was him. Actually ended up being CPAD 11, 144.9. Just outscored our own Chris Pinto. We'll be saying his name next week. I feel pretty good about it. All right, now we move on to Roberto Aguayo. Russ J, 75, Killer Cardinals, is 4 and 1 with a six sixty one twenty six. 26. And weekly, we had Sin City Heat with a second straight high score. Team name Fat Bastard. Good for you, brother. 134 24. Then we move on to Ryan Leaf, Railroad twelve thirty one is 4-1 with a 640.96 score. And then an old coach of mine was the weekly high scorer, John Milner, at 159.66. Way to go, Coach Milner. Uh, then we go to the Boz with a friend of the show, Matty Leo from the UK. I'm sure he's asleep right now, but I'm sure he'll be watching later. 4-1 with a 652.48. Weekly, we had Mason 88 with a 123.76. If y'all noticing, these aren't as high scores as they have been throughout the weeks. There were some teams that were pretty low scoring this week, so... Congrats to you guys. We were able to still put up the points. Tim Couch, we still have YI094463 or the Fresh Prince of Hell Air at 4 and 1 with a 625 94. And the weekly high score was TK Legacy with a one forty six eighteen. Then we moved to my division, Smoke Wagons. I played them this week. They're 5 0, oh, so I lost. Team name Smoke Wagons, 650.14. Weekly Maker's Mark. Uh, four. He's been a, one of the highest scorers as well, 135-98. Now we move on to Tony Mandarish. A new high score here. We had Steph Lynn dominating this division for almost the entire time she's been in it. But J.M. Bone, 19, or El Padrino, good name, is now 5-0 and with a 697 58 He also led the weekly scoring with a 151-66. So a new first place there. That'll be interesting to watch. Steph Lynn's still outscoring it, uh, him, but Anything can happen. Five and zero, oh, man. Then we move on to Trent Richardson. Bio uh, game is five and zero oh with a 6-52-52. two fifty two. He's been in first for a while. Uh, and then weekly we have Antonio D ninety one. One fish, two a fish is a one forty three point oh six. Yeah, I like that name. I'm, I dig it. That's
4: funny. Yeah. And then
3: we move on. Yeah, it was. It's good, man. And the, the the funny thing is, another guy in the name is one flex two flex. So I get really confused when I'm putting in the. Uh, stuff for the week and then our only division where the leader is three and two Troy Williamson division we have sorry Julio with 684 16 he's three and two he was also the weekly high scorer with a 163.3 which is the high score of all divisions this week so big shout out to sorry Julio for a taking first in that uh, division going forward and b having the highest score of all divisions in the league Guys, you can expect to have that article. I'll be finishing it up tonight. It's just the Tuesday night game kind of weirded me out with my timing. So I should have that article updated, ready to go, so you can look at who's making the playoffs, who's how close are you to making the playoffs, what do you need to do to get into those wild cards, et cetera. I'll have all that posted tomorrow morning, most likely at, at nine o'clock in the morning central time.
1: Heck yeah, right. All right, guys. You're yeah. Hard on everything. Guys, we made really good time. We're under 90 minutes. So, oh, wow, we're cruising. Cruising, man. Uh, first thing, I just want to thank everyone who commented, watched, retweeted everything for us. I mean, we're growing. We're one of the youngest podcasts in the fantasy football world. But, I mean, we're one of the best, right, because of our followers, our listeners. Uh, the guys that just interact with us, right? You guys make us one of the best. So, Tom, you start us off. Let's go around the clock. and Where can everyone follow you at? Um, I know it was one of the tickers, but let's go around because everyone needs to follow us right and we'll, uh, we'll interact. That's what we like to do. We like to interact and get knowledge, right?
2: Well, first, we do have some real quick breaking news. Well, I guess not breaking news, but some rumor mill uh, stuff going on right now. Le'Veon Bell sounds like there's two top options for where he might end up. Uh, prioritizing number one success and being a big piece of the offense, uh, the Chiefs. Are apparently the favorite for him to land with. So,
1: oh Jesus, how crazy like, would that be?
2: Don't love I the with Ceh, Ceh, uh, but that offense I mean, would by be. elite Ceh, yeah, pretty unstoppable. Uh, if they brought in Le'Veon Bell, the other option though is uh, where he, he happens to train.
1: Like, Le'Veon Bell blocks like he's a blocker too. Like he he plays football.
4: Yep, oh, All right. receiver.
2: Yeah. The other option, though, is where he trains, which is Miami. So apparently, there's talk that he could just say, Hey, I'm already down here. This is where I, you know, he kind of made his home. So, uh, Dolphins are a possibility. Hey, I guess if you're getting down there with Tua, you could have some fun at least. Might not be uh, the most winning team, but they'll enjoy it. But mm. with all that being said, uh, make sure you follow me at bellyuptom. Uh, Pinto wanted to add in there something about I. I accept respectful debate. No, come at me, bring the heat. I don't care. I'm from Philly, fucking Philly. No one likes us. We don't care. So, uh, sorry for dropping an f bomb, guys. But uh, I don't, you know. I don't, I don't fucking care. Exactly. <laughs> so, follow sure me at Belly Up Tom. Follow us at Belly Up Football uh, and at Belly Up Sports. Always trying to bring you some interesting takes and uh, you know make you think twice about what you're doing.
1: Ryan, what are you working on, man? I know you're uh I had a little ticker for your newest series, but your mind is always working. What do you got going on?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I'll be again, I'm a little bit behind because of the game pushed to Tuesday. So I like to get all the information before I start. So tonight I'll be doing some grinding on the uh fantasy market report. Guys I think are getting undervalued or overvalued. Why I'd like to move on them to uh for the rest of the year or why I'd like to get rid of them now before their value goes too low. And then, again, it's just updating this uh, St. Jude belly-up bowl. I want everybody to have a clear and concise, all right, I need to win this many. i got to beat this team. i got to score this many points so they know when – because when playoffs come, it's going to get crazy. There's going to be some smack talk. Uh, I'm going to try to be getting somewhere for all of us to be able to talk some smack against each other in the playoffs uh, because it's not going to be easy to track what people from other divisions are scoring and how you're doing – So when playoffs come, guys, I'm going to be doing everything I can to keep it up to date so you know where you stand when playoffs start. And I think the easiest way to do that is to get everybody in a chat. I mean, I haven't talked to you guys about this either, but I think I'd love to just get a chat going for everybody in St. Jude Belly Bowl. You can see all of the stuff we mentioned you guys in, any new rule changes, which are not going to happen, obviously. We don't change the rules. But any updates on, oh, it looks like this game's canceled. We can just fill everybody in from one place. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. And, again, I just kind of shot that out. Uh, randomly at the moment, but I'm looking at playoffs and I don't see any way around having a way for me to instantly talk to people about here's a screenshot of this division. Here's a screenshot of this division. Here's how everybody's doing. That'd be quicker than me typing it all up. And I know if y'all are like me when I'm in the playoffs, hopefully that I am going to be wanting to see up to date information on how are the people I'm playing doing? Am I qualifying for the next round? What's going on? So we're going to have that set up by the time playoffs come. So you can stay up to date with this stuff. Uh, And that's what this article is for. Uh, and I mean, then again,
1: the, Brian, because like, I mean, I was in a couple of leagues this past week and I was like, well, do I just, I had John Brown in right, obviously I started Derrick Henry in a couple of leagues, but I had John Brown in, and when I found out real late that he was not going to play, I realized, well, do I need the points? Do I need to drop somebody and pick up somebody like an Isaiah McKenzie, who y'all know that I picked up in a couple of leagues? Uh, because I had to win. And those up-to-date information, knowledge, right, how many points you need is, is just so crucial because in some of these leagues, I shouldn't have dropped these guys that I did, John Brown or Isaiah McKinsey, but I had to because I had to win, and it happened. And Isaiah McKenzie really paid out for me. So I will, uh, yeah, that knowledge, Ryan, got to have it. We'll love
4: it. We'll help you wherever yeah. you can to do. Billy, where can everyone follow you at, sir? You can follow me at two 24 Look for my weekly stardom sit articles coming out. Uh, should be out tomorrow afternoon, early afternoon. Uh, belly up bowl, kind of underperforming right now. My team's struggling. Just got the DUI bug with Melvin Gordon. Uh, so I'm hoping that Le'Veon Bell lands in Kansas City and helps my Mahomes pick out a little bit. I actually kind of like that fit. I mean, a little bit of slot receiver. I mean, they could actually use him in that role as well and uh, keep Edwards Laird in the backfield. Uh, I think it's an odd fit. It does kill Edwards-Alaire a little bit, Uh, you know, where a lot of guys drafted him. But, hey, really interesting to say the least. But uh, really excited about what we got going on at Belly Up Fantasy. Uh, Looking forward to this week's games for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I
4: mean, we're growing, right? uh,
1: We take on all writers, all podcasters, all podcasters. uh, Join at Belly Up Fantasy. Join the crew. Billy, I know you want to give a shout out to Old Cowboy, right? That's your guy. That's our guy. That's been around for a while. Uh, one of our earliest listeners. I'm Chris Pinto. I'm. I can't so you can follow me there. Uh, all our video content will come out through Elliott Fantasy Live or my Twitter account. Um, thank you all so much for watching. Really don't have too much else to add except for, I mean. If you're watching us, just go follow us on Spotify and then enter into our Manscaped contest because way at the end of this month, we'll win a huge Manscaped box. Be awesome. Change your world. Change your life. So uh, we'll try to get better, you know, how to, uh, like, exit all four of us out with some cool music, stuff like that. We'll get that going on here pretty soon. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, we just want to win... <laughs> Some championships for you guys, so <laughs> right, Marco. Yes, come uh, join have, the Clean I, Balls Club. You know, I mean, thank you. You just gotta shame them, man. They're not, I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm done with all you guys, I'm done with all this. I'll see y'all later. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll see y'all next <laughs> tune, us, tune us in every Wednesday. Belly at Live. Later, guys.
0: off.